are listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel. I'm joined on the other end of the line by my good friend, Mr. Nick View. And hey, you know what? It's been a while. What's up, Nick? <laughs> well, as per usual, I'm, uh, I've got my, um, my annual holiday break cold. So I'm going to be uh, congested. Usually the way this works is the kids get sick, my wife gets sick, and then I get triple sick. That's that's what <laughs> it gets stronger as it jumps from person to person. It does. And Jess always makes fun of me for being a wimp. But honestly, I always tell her it's a dad cold and dad colds are like a nuclear bomb when they hit. You just toast. So but other than that, dude, I, you and I have had a parallel kind of happening as far as the season and stuff has been going, which has meaning the season hasn't been going much at all. <laughs> no, so, no, it hasn't. Uh, so you know, go, go ahead, ahead, man. No, go ahead. Well, no, I mean, life is, life is hectic right now. Uh, it's, it's hectic at work and hectic at home. And, and which means that unfortunately being able to talk to you and lining that up and, uh, and getting in the woods or fishing or hunting or anything has been kind of impossible. <laughs> what, what about you? Uh, well, so yeah, I was gonna say I, I haven't I haven't caught a cold or anything yet, but I, I've been fighting a sore throat the last couple of days, so I'm hoping it's just hoping it's just weather related. Uh, so I think both of us may sound a, a little bit our voices may be a little bit darker than normal but hey it's okay um you know as far as as far as my season it's been pretty much non-existent i will say this is the first year that um i know both you and tom have spent more time in the woods than i have um you've definitely both had more successes than i have uh and i do want to i do want to get into your your successful hunt um today but i think total i've spent 12 hours actually in the stand over the course of three days the whole season which is just abysmal but uh you know there's there's just been a lot of things going on bella you know bella heading off to college ended up without i won't get into all the reasons but it 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 was it was much different than i had anticipated so you know between the weekend spent with her or going down to see her for one reason or another, you know, that left few weekends in between. And then, you know, the stream building, um, that took up a lot of the weekends that I wasn't visiting with her. Uh, work's been kind of a bear, so I haven't been able to, you know, to go much during the week, like I'm accustomed to doing. So, you know, it's just a, a comedy of errors. And I'll be honest, by the by, by this time of the year, um, and you know this, Tom knows this, you guys have spent enough time hunting with me. Right now, I just feel so out of sorts. Every time I think I have a little bit of time to get out there, I have a hard time getting myself motivated because I haven't spent the time in the woods. I feel like I'm just wasting my time. And if mm -hmm. I feel like I'm wasting my time, I've got so many other things that I need to be doing. I end up talking myself out of it. Um I may yeah, try to go tomorrow afternoon, um, but I've got a big string order for for Bob at Great Northern, and I probably should stay home and, and work on that tomorrow and, and New Year's Day. So we'll see. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't think I've been in the woods, honestly, that much more than you have. I know I've been out there more, but, you know, I, I used to – it feels like I'm in the same boat as you in that regard where if I, I could go out in the woods – 
but I didn't put that much preparation in this year. And I feel kind of the same way. Like, you know, it, it, I could be doing this, 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 and this and not be stressed when I get back. And I don't go in the woods to be stressed out. I go in the woods to not be stressed out. Right. So if I'm going in the woods and thinking about everything but hunting, that ain't much of a hunt for me. Um, so I really, and you know, it was a low year for fishing too. Now I will say, and we'll get into this in a minute, but I will say when I have gone out there, it's been very rewarding this year. It's been one of those years, you know, Tom Kelly, famous author who wrote the 10th Legion for turkey hunting, you know, he, just to paraphrase him, he said, you know, it's a law of, it, it's, it all works out, it's averages. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll hunt really hard and not get anything, and other times you'll step out of the truck and kill something, you know with the door. Right. <laughs> so, and, and that's kind of how it was for me. I think I was, this year I was gifted that, you know, um, whereas I, I put the work in last year and nothing happened this year. I really didn't and something happened. Um, so that's kind of how I'm looking at it, you know? Well, and, and, and so I will say the same. Um, so I, I have hunted, I'm trying to think I hunted, uh, Two after two, excuse me. Two mornings and one afternoon um, is is all I've hunted. The afternoon hunt, first day in the woods. Um, I actually had a, a doe come underneath me when I was about halfway up the tree. So I'm I'm hanging on the on the side of the tree, standing on my the bottom the bottom step of my second stick, and she comes walking by. So you know that was pretty cool. And then after I got settled in, I hadn't been settled in maybe an hour and and heard footsteps and and had a really nice uh really nice buck come in came in got as close as probably 12 or 13 yards but it was on a property where i knew there was there was a lot bigger deer um and it wasn't the best shot anyway i did have one shot opportunity was not the best shot and i i chose to pass on that um the first morning i had a group of does come in and I was I was hunting with a saddle, and I made a, a I just turned the wrong way, and I spooked them. I'm pretty sure I would have uh, gotten a shot at one of those. Um, and then the the last the last day that I actually was in the woods had a, a spike come in. It was probably at eight yards broadside. Could have shot him five or six times, and again, just didn't really wasn't really the animal i wanted to take so I, I feel good that you know every time i've been out there i've had opportunities or or would have had an opportunity if i hadn't goofed up the way i shifted in my <laughs> in my saddle so you know i'm not i'm honestly not all that broken up about it um it also gave me you know a lot more time to spend with bella when she was at home uh or when we would go down there to see them so uh, see her and her friends so like I said, I'm just not all that broken up about it, but that said, um, and I'll talk about this a little bit more later. I'm already getting uh, excited and fired up about a couple of opportunities that are already planned in 2020. Um, so before I do want to talk about, you know, let you kind of walk us through your successful hunt, um, because it was unique in a couple of ways that I, I do want to touch on, but, yeah. uh, I do want to kind of address the elephant in the room with everybody. I know, you know, we, we got a little sporadic right at the, the early start of, of uh, bow season. And at the time, 
you know, I think both of us were just planning on, you know, we'll, we'll get out and hunt a little bit and deal with some of the, the family things that we've got going on. And then we'll get back into the swing of things. And as, as time went on, you know, the more I thought about it and you and I talked about this a little bit for a couple of reasons, we decided just to take a few months off, you know, reset, um, both from a, from a, a thought perspective as well as, you know, the only time we missed an episode from the time we launched this podcast is if we had a scheduling conflict at the last minute or uh, ran into issues with equipment while we were trying to uh, get our guests set up and, and get everything going. And on those, you know, either one of those, you're still, you're setting this, the time aside that night to record. So, I mean, it, it was a pretty, pretty hectic schedule there for a while. And a lot of times we were recording a couple, even three a week at some points, just so we'd have them in the bank. And between that, feeling like we could use a bit of a reset and knowing that last year during uh, the fall hunting season, the numbers just plummeted. Uh, you know, it, it, I would say we were getting uh, a fourth of the downloads that we were getting during uh, off-season times. So, you know, I hate that we potentially had some good content that a lot of people missed, um, so, you know, just all things combined, I, I thought it was best that we just, you know, take some time off, do a reset and, and get some fresh ideas floating in our head for, for 2020, which, um, we do and still working on those. So we're going to try to get back into our, our reg- regularly scheduled programming, uh, starting next week. Um, but I think it, you know, I think it'll be good. I think you'll, you'll probably hear, um, a bit of a freshness in, in both Nick's and my steps just because we, you know, we didn't stress about this for, for a couple of months and, and, uh, just kind of give us a, a fresh start. And by fresh start, we don't have the, uh, we don't have the awkwardness that we had on our original fresh start because we're used to doing this now. So, you know, I think there's some, there's some definitely some good content coming. We've got some, some great ideas. We've got some, uh, great, uh, either guest or potential guest uh, that we're, we're working to get lined up. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm really ready to get back into it and, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to, you know, bring some familiar voices back to the show as well. There's several people that's been on the podcast in the past that, um, you know, we're, we're looking to bring back on. I know, um, uh, I've got one in mind. I'm going to reach back out to, uh, Brian at, um, at Mad River. I know Clay, uh, Hayes posted a video of him shooting a, a tr- traditional bow. I have not had a chance to look at the video, um, but I do want to look at that and, and talk to him about getting on and, and maybe talking about that experience a little bit and something new about fly fishing. So, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, we've got some good stuff lined up, so I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. And, you know, to, just to, just to add on to what you, what you just said, Steve, with, the you know, we, we don't want you to think that, oh, nobody listens in the, in the hunting season and, and think that's a cop out or anything. You know, we, we want to give you content and we would have given you content had everything aligned. Um, but, you know, we are a weekly show, you know, and we and we have guests on most of the time. And if we have a guest on and the, our guests are eager for people to hear them, you know, they take time out of their days to do this and they want people to hear it. So we don't want to have a guest on and then, you know, have it come back with, you know, it might sound petty to say, well, you only got 200 downloads on this one or something, but some of them really get into that and they say, well, that's, that stinks. And it's kind of disheartening for them. So if we're going to have a guest on and take their time, we want them to have 
optimal listenership to get that. Um, so I, I do want to say that, you know, when you talk about that, there's truth to it. You know, you guys are all outside, you're all doing stuff. It's the holidays, you know, that's why numbers drop. So agree 110%. And that's what I was trying to convey and probably did a crappy job of it. Um, but you're right. You did fine. Uh, you know, and, and just for the record, I, I don't think we've ever had an episode that only had 200 downloads, but I get it when you, when you're looking at, you know, when you're looking at a couple thousand downloads and it drops to five, six, 700, that's a big gap. And, and that's some of what we saw last year. So, mm-hmm. um, and it was some, I, I can't remember specific names, but you know, there were some really good episodes and some really well-known names during that time. And, and again, even that kept the numbers, the numbers didn't come back up. Um, mm-hmm. and then as soon as the first year rolled around and everybody's, you know, sitting by the campfire or, or sitting, sitting by their fireplace, they, they want to listen again. And the numbers went right back up. So, um, anyway, we don't need to beat it up, but, but nope. look for, look for regular content to start back up again. We're excited about it. And, um, we, as Nick posted a few weeks ago, we haven't gone anywhere and don't plan to go anywhere. So, yep. so with, with that said behind us, um, and we do still have quite a few things I want to cover, but first I want to get into your, your deer hunt because as surprisingly as it may seem to some, I still don't know the story. I know some of the, um, I know some of the situational details, but I, I don't know much about the, the actual hunt. So, I know it was at um, the the annual hunt that a bunch of us try to get together and do. I wasn't able to make it this year. I am trying to make plan on making it back next year, but it's it's kind of an annual thing that a bunch of us do. Um, I don't know if you want to give away the the location or not, so I'll let you you handle all of that. But uh, yeah, take it away. Tell us about your tell us about your success this fall. Yeah, thanks, man. Well, it, it, you know it was. It, it was it was special in a lot of ways. Um, for one, it seemed even more special this year because I had spent so little time in the woods or even thinking about hunting. This was kind of my Super Bowl. You know, uh, John and I, Bushin and I had been out a couple times and, you know, he, he spent a lot of time, a lot more time in the woods than I did. But we he always really looks, for, looks forward to this. And it's Camp Classy Pants. You know, that's what we call it. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I still and, chuckle every time I hear that name. Uh, it, it, it has gotten even classier. I mean, we have, uh, this year we had uh, we had some campers. We had three campers. And uh, Jamie Bur- Burkhead brought his, and John Mudry brought his, and, and uh, you know, we, and John brought his. You know, so we had, uh, we had a few. And then uh, that kind of uh, that kind of boxes us in, keeps us out of the weather. We set a nice lean to up, and we have uh, all of our food and stuff under that. And you know, everybody pitches in with with wild game. And you know, this year we had everything. We had you know, my mom contributed other than the wild game. My mom contributed beef stew. You know, Jamie brought lake trout. Um, we had all kinds of things to to drink, and and it was it was just a really good camp and we were all really looking forward to it and uh it is at yankee springs that's where we here in michigan you know i can i can give that away just because everybody else seems to hunt at yankee springs so it's not like i'm telling anybody any secrets it's a massive piece of public land so uh you know and we saw more hunters this year than we ever have so i gotta say as far as that's concerned you know i it it looked like a pretty healthy number of people hunting out there we had our little spot 
And uh, we hunted all over the place this year. And the last time, it's not like our camp has been, we don't really measure our camp by success. You know, we really don't at all because we haven't had a whole lot. The first deer that and only deer we've had at camp so far was my buck in 2015. And that was the last day of camp, the last morning of camp. I mean, we were already starting to break camp when that happened. Um, This year was different. This year, you know, we got into camp. It was really exciting. We got everything set up. I came in on Thursday. We we hunted Thursday night. And, uh, you know, I got my I got my deer on the first hunt of the first day of camp this year. So it was kind of a it was really cool that way. You know how it was it, it really kind of set the tone for the rest of camp. And just to get into some of the details on what happened was I basically got in. I put my stuff in Jamie's camper. I got my stuff ready. We talked for a little bit. We headed out. Um, I went with uh, John Bushin and John Mudry, and the three of us went to a different spot that, you know, John and I had hunted in the past, but we wanted to we wanted to try it out. We had a good win for that direction, and uh, we went out there. So we were, of course, trying to figure out where everybody was going to go. And now, Steve, you'll appreciate this, because this starts with a logging road and me not finding it. <laughs> 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 so we're so we're walking in and uh at first we thought it was going to be a lost hunt because there's this guy that hunts out at Yankee Springs that seems to follow John everywhere he goes and we started calling him Beardy because it's this old old guy in this pickup with this long white beard he looks like Santa Claus and every time John stops and gets out of the truck that dude either rolls up or he's already there because <laughs> he saw him there earlier so he was there, and he never usually goes very far because he can't. But we were like, oh, no, here we go. We better go back further. So we hop out of the car or the truck, and we we go walking, and we're trying to figure out where everybody's going to go. And there's a, there's a power line, and there's a really high hill that the power line's on. And I'm like, well, John looked at me, and he said, you know, one of us could probably hunt up that power line where we've turkey hunted. You know where I'm talking about? And of course, John always says that to me. And I always say, no, I really, you know, think, no, I really don't know what you're talking about because you point out so many areas and I've been all over this place with you and I really do not have this map like he does. Um, Things look familiar once I get there, but otherwise it's just stuff that he's pointed out. Um, And I'm like, sure, I'll go up there. And he's like, well, what you want to do is, you know, you want to head up that, you want to head up that cut and there's a logging road up there. And then there's a big run up there. And he goes, you can't miss it. And I knew right then that I was doomed because <laughs> there was no way I was finding that. I might find the logging road, but I was never finding that actual, uh, <laughs> I was never finding the actual run. So I got up there and uh, I did find the logging road, but the huge run that he was talking about, I mean, everything looked like a run up there. So I was like, you know, it's just not, I, I don't know. So I kept walking and I knew I missed it because I'm like, this is way too far back. But I kept going and, uh, you know, I got out the topo map on on my topo app and I was looking at the top, you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to find a good spot. Um, so I found a couple pinch points on the topo map, some, some nice valleys and and some, some funnels. And I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to sit right there. So I go and I walk and I find it. It's a beautiful spot. I sit up on this natural ridge. It was almost like I was on a tree stand and that's my favorite kind of spot. I was, I was hunting, you know, public land on the ground. I like to be elevated a little bit. And uh, 
so I, I'm up on this this elevation, which is probably a good 10 feet up in the air. So it felt like I was hunting out of a tree stand. And I put my hammock seat up, and I had some runs to my left and to my right, and I was sitting right on the edge of this big bowl. And uh, so I'm getting up there, and I'm set up, and I'm, I'm set up, and I sit down, and uh, then I, I hear rustling, and I look down at the bottom of the ravine, and John's standing there looking at me. <laughs> he went the opposite direction with John Mutry, and we met right in the middle. And he looked at me, and I waved at him, and he kind of shrugged and went walking back the other direction because I think I was hunting where he wanted to hunt because he had been kicked out of another spot by a guy. So poor John, you know, gets the end of the bad end of the stick and has to go find somewhere else to hunt. And, um, but you know, it's funny is that both of us, you know, we do a lot of topo map scouting we hunt a lot of locations and we both went to the same exact spot on the topo. So that's saying something right there, um, that we're kind of hive mind and kind of know where to go that way. So I get set up, I got a good crosswind going and, uh, it was chilly. It was really chilly that, that, that evening. It dropped probably like 15 degrees once the sun came down. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just enjoying it. Just enjoying being out there and, and, and in the quiet for once. And, you know, I'm all warm in my fleece and I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is, this is good. You know, this is a great first day of camp. Well, I am right at around 530 as it started getting dark a couple does came out on my left um, around the around the edge of the bowl, and they were skirting. They were running a little run, skirting the edge of this uh, this bowl I'm sitting on. And I'm like, they're coming right at me, you know. And uh, I'm like, I might actually have a shot at this. So, you know, in my hammock seat, I've hunted out of it long enough. I know how to maneuver it. I, I get ready. I The nice thing about those hammock seats, they, they kind of strap to the side of a tree, and I can kind of rotate down to one knee. So that's what I did. I rotated down to my right knee, got my bow arm ready. They walked behind a big tree and I'm like, all right, that's going to let me move. So I moved, got ready to shoot and they quartered right at me and they were heading right up the hill at me because I was sitting kind of off another run. Um, and I'm like, they're going to come right up this run and they're going to almost run me over. Um, so I didn't have a shot and I got kind of frustrated about it for a second, but something happened and the lead doe turned around, picked up her front leg and kind of accordion sandwiched up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like heading at me, but then moved. And I'm like, Oh, that's everything right there. That's the picture. And I tell you what, Steve, I knew this was good because I didn't even think after that. You know, I missed two deer last year. Both of them were running bucks and that I didn't stop. And I really thought about the shot. Like I, you know, you were, I was thinking about what I was doing. There was no thought this time. I just reared back and it, it went. And I, you know, I heard that thunk and, you know, it was a perfect, it was, it was a perfect 15 yard, 16 yard shot downhill. And I, and it was so good. I thought I missed it for a second. I was like, I, oh man, you know, cause they wheeled around and they took off across this valley, which is about a hundred yards wide. And then the deer I hit when I first knew that I hit it was when she crashed into this giant wood pile on the other side of the ravine. 
and the other and never left it, and the other one stayed there. And I said, uh-oh, I heard some rustling, and that was it. The other doe circled around a little bit. You know, they weren't very old, probably two, two years old. The other one, maybe a little older, not really. But they were, it didn't leave the area, you know. It kind of just was like, what's going on? You know, why, why did you go down there like that? So, and it was funny because I could have probably stood up and stalked all the way over to the other side of the ravine and that deer probably wouldn't have left until it winded me because it had no idea what was going on. So I waited, you know, and of course I sent, I sent John a message and said, I think I, I think I got one. And you know, with me, usually when I hit one, I'm always like immediately I'm thinking that, Oh, I didn't hit it. Or I was, you know, that was a bad shot. Cause I went down and looked for my arrow right at, after dark, I went down there with my light and I started looking and I couldn't find it. And so I had no idea, you know, I didn't really, I couldn't really find any blood. It was really dark, but I knew where it had gone. So I immediately kind of started walking that direction. Um, but I waited, you know, I gave it a, before I actually got over there, I waited a solid 20 minutes to 30 minutes. I was pretty sure that if I hit the steer, it was down right where I thought it was. And then John met me and then we kind of took after it together. Well, we started walking and I'm like, you know what, John, I can't find anything. I don't know where the blood is, but I do know where that thing ran and I did hear where it went. So let's just head this way. Well, when you're sitting up on top of a ravine in Michigan, you think that there's not a whole lot, you know, it looks really empty, but when you start walking towards it, the brush is a hell of a lot higher than you thought. Right. So that's what, when we got down there, it was like a maze. John's like, what the, he's like, what is this? I said, I don't know, man, but just keep walking that direction. And we did. And um, and John, John found a speck of blood and I can't believe he found it in the dark. He found a speck of blood by a pine right at the base of that ravine. And I said, well, that's where, you know, that's where she ran. And then he looked up with his headlamp and it was one of those things and there it was laying right under, it had somehow got underneath this big wood pile and was like cocooned in this wood pile and had died right there. And, uh, it, my, my aluminum, my 2216 had broke off and there was still a little bit of fletching on the other side of the deer. So I, I had hit a, a total pass through, but the way she accordioned up on it, when she straightened out, she snapped my arrow and, uh, she took the one part with her, but the other part was in the ground back where I was. John actually found the arrow a few weeks ago. He found the rest of my arrow and I'm waiting to get it back. Well, that's cool. But, yeah. But that, that, and that's the kind of guy John is. John was out there hunting and he went and looked for my arrow and found it right where I had shot it. It had gone right into the ground clean pass through except for the breaking the end off and he's got my broadhead and everything with it but that magnus you know that that arrow was around 850 grains 2216 the front of it's all tough head magnus 160 on top of you know a ton of weight it's about 425 up front and that thing did every bit of job that it needed to do all right wait a minute you said tough head and magnus which one was it well the uh the uh it's a magnus head Okay. But I had the uh, the tough head uh, weight underneath of it, the adapters. Okay. I, I, I haven't seen those, so. Oh, maybe it's not. Maybe it wasn't a tough head adapter. It was, no, I used the tough head field point, Steve. I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's okay. why I got goofed up. What I usually do to build my arrows is I got a 2216, and I, they don't make a, a, a cool insert for that. I have to use the standard insert, which I don't like. But I use it. I use a steel um, adapter, 
and then I use a um, woody weight, and then I use my uh, okay. That's what you. I yep. got you now. And I epoxy everything. Yep. Let it sit. It's a tank. Um, so it zipped right through. It ended up in there. Broke the end of the twenty two sixteen off. We found the deer. It was a great shot. Um, it did bleed. We just didn't find the blood. Um, and she didn't go far, very far. So I mean, it was like I said, it was about. It was about 100 yards across, but since I saw and heard where she'd fell, it wasn't a hard recovery at all. Now, pulling it out was. Pulling it out was terrible. I mean, it was a lot of, I mean. You could you could tell by looking at the picture of that deer that it, 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 it went down in some thick cover because you could see just looking at the fur that there were there were times you were pulling it forward and there were times you were pulling it backwards <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> as soon as yeah. i looked at the as soon as i saw the picture i was like man that well, yeah they they pulled that one out of one of those ravines up in michigan <laughs> we <laughs> we called oh and it was brother we called and and the thing with a michigan ravine i mean every deadfall every log every hang up you can think of was there and and we called John and Mudry to help and because Bushin was going to navigate us out in the dark and I was going to, we were going to haul it. So Mudry came in after we got him in, he helped me and I had already gotten it up the hill and I was dead. I mean, this thing, because I got it hung up so many times in the dark and had to pick it up and move it. And like, you know, I mean, it was just, I'm like, I'm going to turn this you thing. You should have just, you, you, you big Michigan guys, you should have just field dressed that thing and since it was dark thrown it on your shoulder and walked it out <laughs> yeah i probably could have done that i guess uh we i mean we got it dressed out but then i um i john's like yeah we should have made it into a knapsack you know i'm like yeah maybe but you know at the time adrenaline and everything and we just wanted to get out of there and so we finally the other thing we didn't do is we just like hauled it we, we used a rope and we hauled it out but we didn't use it. We should have tied it to our bow and hauled it or a stick or something. Right, right. And we didn't. And then the the first thing Rob said, because Rob and Jamie showed up in their truck after we got it out. And the first thing Rob said is, why don't you just tie it to your bow? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Rob Rob showed up as soon as you got it out. Yep. Basically. Uh, yeah. That, so I should say <laughs> Bob Bones. Uh, yeah, that. That seems that seems awful convenient. I'm pretty sure those two were sitting <laughs> up the road watching for the headlamps coming out and got there yeah, they, just they, in the nick of time. That they, seems awful convenient. I, I will give I will say this for Rob and Jamie. <laughs> Rob, Rob had offered to come out there immediately, and we were like, Rob, we don't need somebody else lost in the woods. Just stay back out. <laughs> like, just stay out because we had to, we had to vector Mudry in, and that yeah. took that took like 20 minutes. He's like, where are you guys? Because we were way down. And when you're down in those thickets, you can hardly see the lights. I mean, you know, we were down there and like I was out of breath and I'm in shape. That's the thing. Like I we we tried to. But when you're, you know, hauling a deer up a ravine and then another ravine and then down a ravine and then having all those. I, I'm like, wow, man, I, I, I don't know how I'd ever get, you know, something out west out because this is crazy. Um, we were pretty tired. Uh, we got out of there and I, I didn't even hunt the next morning. I, I was like, you know what? I'm good. You guys can go hunt. Like, I'm fine. I had to take care of the deer anyway. Um, we have with the CWD thing, we had to, right. you have to bring the head in and get it checked and all that other stuff. So I went and took care of that and the boys went out and hunted, but man, it felt good to have a deer in camp. It just did. And the shot, you know, once we got that thing all skinned and everything, and I mean that, 
I showed you pictures. That that wound was crazy. Well, that was the that was a big one sixty Magnus, right? Yep, that was the big old yeah. wide one, and I'm sure you know it. It helped that you know that since she was running around, the exit wound, you know, probably when it broke that arrow, probably widened that hole a little bit. But I um, not if I, it passed through, I doubt it. No, maybe I, not. Well, I I clipped both lungs, and uh, that's why she went down so quick. You know, I, I, that, that big old head took everything out in between there and, and it was really good. It was, it was probably my, one of my best shots on a deer that I've ever made. It was, it was a really just a good clean shot and everything worked. And I was shooting my St. Joe Phoenix and it was really nice to have christened that bow with the deer, you know, since my last buck was actually dusty and that bow blew up. Um, you can read about that in my book. Um, and in Phoenix, you know, got its first deer. So Dave and Tracy Belowski were really, really excited for me. Um, that was a nice little conclusion to that chapter. Uh, but it, man, it'd been about four years. So it, it, I was due. Um, and you were due, you were due, but at the same time, you've, you have yet to take a deer from a tree stand, right? Nope. I've never Every, taken everyone's been from the ground. Everyone's so. been from the ground. Uh, if I took out all the ones that I've taken from tree stands, I'd, I'd have to go back and look, but taking them from the ground, man, that's, 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 that's something special. I, I typically do it once every couple of years at, at least, but they, they are definitely more memorable when you're, when oh, you're yeah. on their terms, so to speak. And I just love it. And I know I'd have more success if I hunted out of a tree stand and I want to do that more. In fact, we did, we did get the tree stands up. Um, that weekend, John and I did, and, uh, that was a good hunt too. Um, but there's just something about walking out and being on ground level. And I had never actually taken a, um, a deer on the ground on public land yet. Um, so that's my first on public land out of a, out of a ground Very blind. Cool. Yeah. But you've had was, some, you've had some close calls too. Oh man. I've had, uh, oh yeah. I, that's one thing I can say about that. I mean, a lot of people talk about, I've, I've been in the right spots, you know, to my credit, you know, I'm not anybody that sciences anything up or anything like that, but I've learned enough from reading topo maps and locations and, and playing the wind and everything else. And just hunting from the ground is a completely different game, just knowing when to draw. And that's what I love about it. That's my favorite part of hunting on the ground is that chess game you play with a deer once you see it, because you can see it, but then it, it's a whole new ball game as far as when you shoot, when you draw, that's the biggest one, when you draw. Because with the way wind, especially when you're hunting in those ravines and stuff, with the way thermals play in and the way the wind swirls and and all that, you just don't know what that deer's going to do. And you have to be able, like I've drawn, last year I made the mistake that both deer, bucks I missed, you know, it sounds like Nick's a terrible shot, I'm not, both bucks I missed were because the deer walked behind a tree and I decided to draw because that was a great opportunity. But the problem is when you have a deer walk behind a tree, you lose your spot. Whatever spot you had, you lose it. If you don't vector that spot back in and your vision and you're an instinctive shooter like I am, you are going to miss that deer. Both bucks I hit or I, I missed last year, I saw a rack right when it came out of the other side of the tree. It changed its angle a little bit and one was over the back, one was under the vitals. So... It's that easy and that quick if you're going to draw. And I don't, you know me, I don't hold draw very long anyway. So when I'm holding draw, 
opposed to just kind of snap shooting like I do, that changes the whole window for me. And I, then my brain starts to get into the shot. And that's what I don't want. I don't want my brain in the shot. I just want to shoot. And uh, that's all part of the ground game. That's, you know, I hear people talk about, you know, from the ground and tips and everything. It's just, it's really hard to give tips because you kind of have to play that deer at that point. It's a chess game with that deer. And you're, you're talking about a live animal in front of you that you want to kill at like 10 yards. <laughs> so you got to figure out what, how you're going to make that work. And I have, I've had really good success on the ground with deer in shootable distances, whether it's dumb luck or instincts or whatever it is. I've been there sealing the deal on a deer that you see is a whole new ball game when you're on the ground. Cause you don't have the ability to be up in a tree and have some of that movement hidden. You just don't have it. Um, but that's part of why I love it. And my success rate has been very low, um, considering, and I've missed a lot of deer, but it ain't because of shooting. It's because it's, it's, I made, I picked the wrong time or fate intervened or I hit a tree, um, or, or a stick I didn't see or whatever, but it was very, very rewarding. This is probably the most rewarding deer I've ever had. Um, I'll never forget it. Uh, and it was great to have a, have a deer hanging in camp the first day. It, it really felt special for all of us. And, you know, I cooked it, we cooked the tenderloins up for all the boys to share in it. Tom came in and, uh, you know, we had French press coffee and, and tenderloin and, and man, it was something special. It, it really was great. Well, I really, I really hate, I missed it. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, and I'm gonna, I won't chat about that here in just a minute, but I've got some things planned in 2020. Um, one of the potentials on my list is to come back up and, and hunt with you guys again this year. Uh, tr- going to do my best to make it work, but, um, we'll see how it plays out, but I, I really do hate, I missed it this year for, for multiple reasons. Um, well, and, and you were missed. Well, you came up quite a bit. Surprised your ears weren't burning. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was also really great. Tom didn't, Tom hunted one night. Um, he came in a little bit late on Friday. I think he hunted a couple times. Uh, but it was great having Tom in camp. And, and, you know, it's not like Tom was coming out there to Tom had already had his deer and he just wanted to be a part of it. And that's how special it is. You know, and we loved having Tom in camp too. Well, yeah, that's that's and it's funny you mentioned Tom. I'll just go ahead and use that as a as a segue. So I only got to hunt with Tom once last year, and that was for for hogs up, you know, up in South up in South Carolina for me, down in South Carolina for for Tom and crew um, with the the camp ambush crowd. Uh, and without going into a lot of details, we've hunted the same property um, for that hunt. Well, I've I've been hunting since 2012, and I, I think collectively um, we we sort of decided after last year's hunt that that was probably our last hunt on that property in the foreseeable future. Not saying some of us or one or two of us or maybe even all of us won't go back at some point, but um, we we pretty much decided that we were going to do something a little different this year, and. Tom reached out to me and we traded some emails. Heck, I don't even remember, probably back in September, uh, maybe October. And I'd kind of forgot about it. And, you know, Tom being Tom, he, he took it all on himself. And, 
Uh, lo and behold, a couple of weeks ago, I get added to a, a new group on Facebook and a bunch of information. And we are we are doing the Camp Hambush hunt again this year, but this year it will be in, in Georgia. It's going to be uh, predominantly on public land because in Georgia you can hunt uh, hogs as long as there's an open season and small game season lasts through the end of February. So it'll be... We're going to be hunting the last week of February. Um, he's found some some great little cottages that are uh, maintained by the the state park service, and we'll be we'll be staying in those ca- uh, cabins and hunting on various WMAs around that property, and possibly doing a little bit of hunting on some private um, private property that uh, Jerry Russell has. Um, in fact, it's down where you hunted with me last year. It won't be on oh, cool. uh, the the same track that you and I hunted on, but it'll it'll be on the track where the the little cabins at down there, and oh, maybe okay. get out and do some some night stalking um, for for pigs um, during that week. So got that hunt lined up, which I'm excited about. It's going to be here before I know it. Um, and you mentioned that you know you kept yourself in shape. I have not. I've got to get out and start walking because uh, with not being out in the woods. Um, I've either been, you know, sitting in the car, sitting on the couch, you know, watching movies, that kind of thing with, with Bella or sitting at my desk and I'm, I've got to get my butt back in some shape, uh, before February rolls around. But, um, so we'll be doing that hunt. And then, um, in June, uh, Tom and I are headed way North. We're actually going to hunt uh, black bear with Jerry Russell up in Canada. So that'll be the, the latter part of June. So, I've got some big stuff planned. I'm really excited about it. You know, I, I, I really wanted to try to get my first bear here in Georgia, um, which is, you know, you have to specifically target them. There's no baiting here, mm-hmm. no dogs, that kind of thing. And I've come really close multiple times, but for various reasons, um, decided that this was the year I needed to go. Um, some things are up in the air with the property that Jerry um, manages and hunts up there. Uh, as well as the 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 hunt is coinciding with the the bear rut up there, according to Jerry, that doesn't happen but once every several years. So, it should be a really good hunt. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about the fact that you know Tom and I are going to be doing that. Um, I've got to talk to Jerry about some specifics, but hoping we might can get some some fly fishing in while we're up there as well. So. Um, that'll be, that'll be a, a real fun, exciting hunt. Um, and then I'm just going to have to see how the rest of the year goes. Like I said, if I've got the, if I've got the vacation time and don't have anything going on, I may try to, I'm still going to try to come up there for the, for the camp classy hunt if I can. Um, but just going to have to kind of play that out and see how things go. Yeah. You know, it, you had a really, you had a really good last year though. So I, I, it's almost like it was preparing you for not being able to do anything this year because you, you had such a good year. And then, well, uh, I've, I've, I've had, I'll be honest, I've been blessed the last, well, at least all the way back to 2016. You um, have been, you've been on a good clip. So, it, and that's what I'm saying. It, you know, at times I get a little bit down about it, but at other times I look at, I think, I'll just say I think I'm, I've I've spent the time and focused on what was most important, and you know from that perspective, I've got no regrets. You, you um, absolutely have, and I feel the same way, man. Like I know some people, you know, they sacrifice to to go out into the woods, and and the problem is every time I look at my kids, 
they're another inch taller. And, and I, and this year, you know, with you and, and Bella going to school and how, geez, I, I'm shocked. I remember when I first started hanging out with you and visiting you and seeing Bella and she was just small and <laughs> I know. it's like, she's, she's what? And that's when I started feeling old. Cause I was like, <laughs> she's going to college. That is insane. Pretty soon my kids are going to be in college. And I'm like, I don't want to miss any of this. And every time I do, I feel like I'm missing it. And it, it's something, man. Focus, but that's what's important, you know? Well, and I, I have to slip this in, so apologize to everyone listening in advance, but proud proud father moment. So, you know, Bella went in. She's She joined the honors uh, program at, at, you know, at her college. Um, she's had some – she did have some major challenges with regards to housing and, and you know, adjusting to – Look, she's a she's an only child, so there was definitely some adjusting to do there. Um, but she got her she got her grades back for her first semester of college um, two weeks ago, I guess, and all A's, four grade average. You know, so with some of the horror stories that we're hearing uh, about some of the other kids that did not adjust so well to uh, newfound freedoms. I'm very proud of her. Um, so, you know, she'll be going back. We've got our local NGT, uh, our first shoot of the year next Saturday. We're moving them from Sunday to Saturday this year. So she'll get to go to that shoot with us and then she'll head back to, um, she'll head back to college the following day. But I'm, yeah, super proud of her. Um, and another thing you said there that made me think, you know, when, when I had Dan Infault on, uh, one of the things that we talked about is it's, I'd been watching, you know, on his Facebook feed and so forth, he were ta- he was talking about the sacrifices he had made and would he do things differently and so forth. And, you know, and he even came out and said, you know, there were several things that he missed that now he wish he could go back. And, you know, age has given him hindsight into some of the things that, that he should have prioritized over, over pursuit of white tails. And, you know, that was kind of sitting in the back of my head too. So, Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, like I said, no regrets. Um, but I do, I do want to make 2020, a an outdoors a year. So I've, I've got some, I've got some things planned. I'm gonna try to get some, some video stuff kicked back up. Um, one of the things that I'm actually thinking about doing, um, and we may even do an episode to coincide with this, but I'm gonna actually try to get out and, and, and put camera to some of the setups that I've used successfully in the past for, for hunting whitetails on the ground. Um, some things that I think are unique that I, that I have done. Uh, I think you've seen a couple examples of this that I think really gave me an advantage, uh, over the deer, uh, when hunting from the ground and able to get away with some of the things that you talk about not getting away with. Cause, some of my setups on the ground, I can actually move a pretty good bit if I need to. Um, obviously, you can't do jumping jacks, but you, you, there are ways that you can fool their eyes and get away with some movement. Um, oh, I agree. And I think we ought to talk about that at some point. We should have a ground episode and get somebody else on here and talk about it because there are some things you can. Um, especially, I've seen your sets. You've had a couple. I, I've said in a couple of years that were just fantastic. And then I've had a couple that were of my own that were hardly there at all that have been effective that right. if you if you can mess with the deer's eyesight and you have the wind 
you know, you can, you can get away with more than people think. You don't need an igloo around you every time. <laughs> you don't. And it, and a lot of it's situational. Like you said, it get, and I don't want to go down this rabbit trail, but I get to think, yeah. just listening to you, I get to think about, you know, being able to elevate yourself just slightly, you know, that can give you an advantage. Um, uh, it's more important what's behind you than what's in front of you in most situations. But that's one of the things that I want to talk about because I constantly hear that. Um, people saying, you know, it's what's behind you is more important. And I agree to that to a degree, but in some situations, what's in front of you can be deadly. Um, so, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll table that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there are some things that I want to get out and try to find some good potential setups and actually show it, uh, in video. And I'm even thinking about possibly trying to do, you know, some camera angles from the animal's perspective, uh, which is going to be a little bit hard unless I can find somebody to, to work with me to do them. But we'll see. Uh, like I said, I've got some good ideas now. Just I have to find or, or make the time to, to get them done. So Sounds uh, great. Some more of those ideas that I've been I've been thinking about in the in the two month hiatus, um, and I do want to kind of keep this thing to about an hour. So there's a couple more things I do want to to touch on real briefly. One being uh, the the Kalamazoo, Kalamazoo Expo, which is coming up here very quickly. It'll be here before we know it. It's um, I think it's the twenty. I'd have to pull up a calendar, but it's like the twenty fourth. Uh, of January, I should have pulled up the actual dates, but do a search, do a Google search for Kalamazoo Expo. It's the like the last weekend uh, of January. Uh, I've never been. I'm actually foregoing the MLA banquet this year. I apologize to my my MLA friends, but um, I had to make a decision of one or the other. I couldn't go to Michigan, you know, basically within a couple of weeks of each other. So. I'm doing the expo this year. Um, I'm very excited to, to see it for the first time. Uh, and actually, Bob Rum reached out to me. Uh, I don't remember. It was around February or March of last year and asked me if I would be interested in doing a, a string building um, session at the at the expo. So that is available for everyone. It's, uh, it's $30 cost, which covers all of the materials that you need and i'm bringing my my string jig those kind of things uh to make your first flemish bowstring the goal will be you know you walk away with a new string for your selected bow uh will i'll any color that you want um material that you want b55 or d97 uh, work with you to actually show you how to how I build the strings. Let you build the strings, serve the string. You'll be using your bow as a as a makeshift serving jig because I'm not going to bring all of my all of my equipment uh, up there for for a, a two hour session. Um, we're going to be holding that uh, from four to six uh, Saturday afternoon of the expo. So it does conflict with one of the. Uh, breakout sessions and I apologize, but there's breakout sessions the entire day. Uh, and I just, I had to pick one. So I figured I'd do it later in the afternoon. Um, so you can email me at bowhunterga all one word at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to get your name on the list, I'll also include it in the show notes. And sometime this week, I'm going to try to get a post out on the, uh, simply traditional Facebook group and the website, 
uh, about the class so you know we can get some people in there because uh, the more we can have the more fun we'll have uh, kind of thing so you know let's get some people in there let's let's make some some colorful strings because as i say on my website you know life's just too short to shoot an ugly string on your bow so <laughs> we'll get some uh we'll get some strings twisted up and get to meet uh hopefully get to meet some people that are that are listening um to the show and maybe you can share some success photos uh this fall with uh an animal you took with your your own new flemish bowstring that you'll make and there's a lot of other things going on nick and i are going both going to be at the expo we're going to try to um find some find some folks to pull them aside and maybe record an episode or two uh while we're there on site I'll be there on Friday uh, from the time the doors open until close, and I'll be there all day on Saturday. I will not be able to stay on Sunday. I'll pretty much get up first thing Sunday morning to to make the drive back to Southern Climates. Um, and I don't think you're going to be there on Sunday as well, right, Nick? Nope. I usually go um, – I have Friday off, uh, Friday and Saturday, and that's usually enough for me. My back hurts too much to stay Sunday anyway after that, <laughs> and then I usually don't have a voice. <laughs> <laughs> and I, Steve, you will love it, man. I, I, we're going to miss you at the banquet, but you have to experience the the expo. It's it's something special. Yeah, it's it's bittersweet. I must admit, I've really gotten to enjoy coming to the banquet. Uh, you know, I've been the last two years in a row, um, and you know, fantastic time. I may I may try to uh, slip you a little little cash. You know, next when we're when we see each other for the expo and get you to 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 buy some raffle tickets for me or something for anything you can ship it to me. But, um, I really hate not being able to participate and I do plan on being back next year. Um, but I am excited about the expo. I really am. Great. So, am I. uh, so, uh, you know, I, I guess I don't have anything else. I, I really wanted to get out on this one. You, you have any, any, any parting thoughts? Nope. That's pretty much it. We're, we're excited for 2020 and, uh, we're, we're, we're not stopping. We're going to keep going. We're going to have good content for you. And uh, we're looking forward to it. I'm, I'm extremely looking forward to it. Um, really am. And on that note, uh, my, my parting thought will be, uh, I want to wish everyone listening um, uh, a most prosper, prosperous new year. And uh, I hope any, any dreams that you have set aside for, for 2020 come true, whether those be uh, in the woods or on the water, either one, I, I, I hope you can make your dreams come true. We're looking forward to, to having a good time with you this year. And hopefully, you know, hopefully you might, you might learn something and uh, either way, we hope you'll, you'll be entertained. So, Look for more coming soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll catch you all again next week. See you.